0: Hello and welcome to The Roulette Tapes. I'm Susan James, I'll be your host. In this edition, we focus on several performances by the late composer and trumpet player, Jamie Branch, all recorded live at Roulette. Jamie Branch passed away in August of 2022, leaving behind several recordings and many memories for her fans to cherish. We'll hear personal recollections on Jamie from her friends, family, and bandmates. We begin with the ensemble, Fly or Die, and some memories from Jamie's sister,
1: Kate. Earliest musical memory. It's so hard because when I think of Jamie, music is the first thing that comes to mind. You know, she um, she was just always surrounded by music, making music, talking about music, reading music. I think when I close my eyes and really think about my sister, I see her in the living room playing long tones, circular breathing, just constantly lip to mouthpiece or fingers to piano, or you know, she loved to carry around drumsticks, probably just to piss off my dad. She was just always making music, you know? And sometimes that music was beautiful and soft and sometimes it was loud and in your face. And um, it was just never one thing. It always made me feel a certain way. And when I would watch her perform, I felt strongly about that too. She would kind of force you to confront something with her music. You know, I I felt kind of like every session was cathartic. You know, something came out of me because of her music. and, And I think she did that her whole life when it came to music.
0: Lester St. Louis.
2: So Jamie and I met in the like late summer, early fall of 2015. Um, It was at a show that the saxophonist Sam Weinberg had put together at his house. And uh, we were both doing solo sets that night. And Jamie was the last up on the bill. And uh, she came late, like, you know, got a drink, quickly unpacked her horn and started playing. And it was really striking it was um, extremely lyrical uh, she played this like long kind of demodally solo trumpet performance and i was just kind of blown away by it. one how loud she was like she <laughs> could really blow and you know had and played a lot of ideas that were kind of reminiscent of miles to me but she really held her own and really held the continuity through the performance And yeah, that was that was the first time I heard her. We spoke and met a little after that, and you know the rest is history.
0: Bassist Jason Ajemian.
3: Fly or die was Jamie Branch's quartet of herself on trumpet, myself, Jason and Jimmy on upright bass, Lester St. Louis on cello, and Chad Taylor on drums. Jamie's charts had basically like bass lines, chords, or melodies, you know? It had the bottom and the top. The middle parts were always sometimes figured out. The beats were ideas, descriptions, you know? So the first record, there was the you know, it was kind of written through almost more as a set. So it'd be like she'd write the transitions, but the transitions would be descriptive. The improvised parts would be descriptive or graphic. And the melodies and the, the bass lines and those things would be like composed. And then it'd be a description of how we're getting out of that or how we're moving forward or what we're going to be improvising on.
0: St. Louis.
2: So in December 2017, Jamie had reached out to sub for Tamika on a Flyer Die tour that was happening in January of 2018, and we had the first this rehearsal at Jamie's house, which is down in Red Hook, and uh, yeah, it was kind of you know exploding into her world in a way that maybe I hadn't before of like you. See your house. You see all the instruments everywhere. You see all the art everywhere, and it was it was great. It was with Jason the Gemian, the bass player, and Mike Pride was subbing for Chad because he was gonna do the Boston gig with us. And yeah, it was it was really laid back. She, uh, you know, gave us all some drinks, and we talked through the music, and like played bits of it, and like talked about some of the ideas, and just played throughout. And then we hung the rest of the night and. It was kind of really indicative of what the like future experience of playing in that group is just as much the, like social component as much as the musical component both are really strong <laughs>
0: Jason Ajemian.
3: Prayer for America was, is kind of a political, a dream of an America that got itself right, didn't hold on to racism forever, that didn't hold on to, yeah, the racist parts about America and held that ethos of welcoming people into America, like the quote that's on the, the Statue of Liberty. And it's a prayer that America got itself right. They didn't keep holding on to these tropes and these uh, racist ideals that America was founded upon.
4: Oh, it's a prayer for America. Oh,
1: it's a prayer for America. Oh, oh, oh. oh yeah, for the good, the bad, and the rest of you. Oh
0: Lester St. Louis.
2: We were in Hamburg at the Elbphilharmonie, and um, we had just played the show. And, you know, the applause is going on, so it's like, all right, we need to have an encore, right? So we're all talking backstage. We're like, are we gonna go back out? Or are we not gonna go back out? And then Jamie runs off into her dressing room she like plays a couple chords on the piano like (laughs) just because and we're like jamie we're going back out so we get her and uh, we send out jason to start off the song that's called the mountain you know we're all kind of like behind the door like peeking out kind of making fun of him because we love sending jason out to start the encore even though he doesn't want to and i think the thing that makes it such a great memory it's like the kind of mischievous fun of like you know we're all gonna go out there but we kind of love teasing each other sending like one person out to start the encore and i just remember i was like in the first one peeking into the door and i can feel jamie right behind me and i can feel her hand on my back and she's just laughing and i'm just laughing too (laughs) and chad is just pacing around i think it's my favorite just because i miss experiences like that you know
0: bassist, Luke Stewart.
5: I think the first time we played a concert together was also in D.C. at a place called BASA. It was a concert with she and I and saxophonist Jared Gilgore. And um, it was like, you know, our our musical meeting and that we all knew would be fantastic, and it was, and, you know, it really help propel the musical relationship Um, well the one that we did here at Roulette was called uh, C'est toi. that was with drummer Chassaire Holmes also in uh, Irreversible Entanglements and um, you know that was a band that you know came about organically so to speak we did a lot of touring to, together, or would see each other on tour a lot, as well as here in town. Our bands were sort of like uh, sister and brother bands, we would get booked together a lot. And so we sort of formed a, a really nice camaraderie, a community, a family around you know the propulsion of our bands, so of Fly or Die and Irreversible Entanglements. Also, Jamie Branch trio with uh, Mike pride drummer we did a number of recording sessions and you know it's one of those bands where sort of every time we played we unlocked a new vibration to to really like get into things to get deeper into the music
0: Luke Stewart.
5: Well, she was always, you know, interested in gear and electronics and electronic music and just other forms of making music other than the trumpet, even though that was, you know, obviously her main instrument. But she made those other instruments, incorporated those other instruments as her main instruments as well. You know, solo sets and with the band Anteloper with Jason uh, Nazari That was another band that we shared a lot of bills as well. We did a tour down south and back basically. You know, got got to sort of see that band develop and break new grounds in real time. could really sort of hear and feel innovating, from my perspective at least, innovating ways of making electronic music in an improvisatory way but in a in a way where some people talk about just busting the machines open. And that's what they did. And that's what she did. You know, that band in particular was really, truly innovative. And, uh,
4: yeah.
0: Drummer Jason Nazari
4: Antelope was kind of a, a way for us to explore kind of our, like, kind of sound design, synth, more kind of explosive like beat hip-hop oriented like electronic music worlds you know that we were into you know jamie in this project and she did in some of her other bands too but i think more more in this she was playing the juno and had like a couple loopers and a bunch of effects and um a couple other synths as well so she was kind of rocking that world along with like sending her trumpet trumpet through all that and then for me too like it was an opportunity for me to also like kind of get deeper into um, how I was working with electronics like triggering with the drums and just using different synths kind of along with playing acoustic drums and kind of creating this you know bigger kind of electronic Sound than maybe we were doing with other bands, you know. When we first, like our first gig was um, opening up for Jeff Parker at New Blue, and yeah, they asked Jamie to put a band together. We had like kind of been talking about it, and and uh, we got a rehearsal together, and we were maybe gonna do a trio, but um, could only get it together like for us to play before the gig and then when we got in the room and started playing it was like oh we don't really need anyone else we've got a (laughs) a a quartet's worth of sound or more happening you know with, with the two of us
0: Jason Nazare.
4: There weren't too many sets where Jamie didn't bring all of herself, you know. She was like, when it came to playing music, it was like 110%, like always, for sure. And and definitely, like, being a birthday gig, it was like a celebration of that energy in her. And, and of course, like, yeah, bringing Luke, who I've played in a bunch of different contexts with, and... Um, Mike who, he was one of the first drummers who I met when I moved to New York and had been here for me and just a f- fantastic dude and fantastic drummer and, um, you know, always an inspiration. So, as I said before, there weren't really any gigs that didn't feel really important and, and special. It was every time there was music to be made, it was like, it was all in and it was It was all consuming, you know?
1: her like mission and her purpose really always was very true I never caught my sister in any type of like false moment you know she was very who she was always she was just an incredible person and um, she loved music and I think she really thought it had the ability to change people and make them softer and more welcoming to others. And I'm just incredibly proud that she did that. She played her part.
0: and listening to excerpts of five concerts featuring trumpet player Jamie Branch. Our thanks to Jamie's friends, collaborators and family who contributed to this program. The music you heard was all recorded live at Roulette and the full-length performances can be heard on our website roulette.org/archive. These recordings have been preserved as part of the Roulette Concert Archives a project made possible in part with support from the National Endowment for the Arts. David Weinstein is Roulette's Director of Special Projects and Senior Producer for the Roulette Tapes. I'm Susan James. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to the Roulette Tapes, a program of adventurous music and conversation. This series is produced by Roulette Intermedium. You can find thousands of concert recordings from Roulette's archives and news of upcoming events at roulette.org.